0: Hello, and welcome to Talking Home Renovations with the House Maven. I'm your host, Catherine McPhail. I'm an architect practicing in Eastern Massachusetts. I specialize in additions and renovations to existing homes. And this podcast is meant for homeowners who are getting ready to undergo a home renovation and would like to learn everything they can before they start. In this episode, I talk with Michael O about robust home networks and cybersecurity. It's not a topic that I know much about, so I appreciate that. Michael was very patient with me. His company, TSP, is out of Cambridge, Massachusetts, and they've done some award-winning work, which I will link to in the show notes. They also have a blog and a tech podcast called Grepcast for those who want a deeper dive. Again, I'll post those links. Check them out, and here's my conversation with Mike. Well, thanks, Mike, for joining me today. No problem. Right now, you're in the UK. You have right. started this company in 1992. Is that when you are you were at MIT? Yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely. So I was an undergraduate at MIT. Uh, I was born and raised in Alabama, of all places. Um, and, you know, I, I, I moved to Boston as a student uh, and, you know, basically wanted to make a little bit of extra money on the side. So, um, you know, started the business just to help people out with tech. Uh, but, you know, to give you some... Some context, I mean, the internet didn't really exist. I mean, certainly none of the, you know, sort of social media, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. This is
0: 1992?
1: Absolutely. So it's really like literally starting by getting people on the internet, purchasing a domain name, getting them email, all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of how I started. Uh, And then, you know, as the technology grew, as the internet grew, that was really where my business grew as well.
0: Yeah, because I remember moving from California, where I had we had like a in-school network for email, kind of. There right. was only AOL, I think, that I could get outside of school, right. and that was just like really lame chat rooms. Like, why I realized why would I be, why am I wasting my time <laughs> chatting to random strangers when I have more interesting <laughs> conversations at school? Anyway, then right. I moved to Massachusetts, and I was trying to find an internet provider, and people were literally saying to me, "What is the internet?" Like right. this this is 1996, early 96. And then I remember 9, I mean, 411, you could call up and ask them for a number for something. Yeah. Yeah. So then she had no idea what I was talking about either. It was weird.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of where Tech Superpowers was the name of the company back then. We've sort of shortened it since, uh, obviously grown up a little bit. And yeah, now almost 30 years later, we're... Doing IT still, like that's a really big part of our business. We're doing smart homes, we're doing cybersecurity, um, and most of our customers are based in the Boston area. So some big names like the Celtics are a client of ours, um, Matrix Partners, which is kind of a uh, hedge fund kind of uh, investment firm, and, you know, lots of other smaller companies. Uh, you may know Reed Hildebrand, they're a landscape ar- architects, so they're a client of ours as well. So
0: I don't get out much. <laughs> Actually. We were going to talk about building a robust network and cybersecurity for the home. Yeah. And absolutely. this is and you and I have been talking and and you'd mentioned that previously this was for really high-end homes.
1: Yep. And now it's really ended up um becoming something that everybody cares about, right? I mean, you know, it it used to be that when people built homes, renovated homes, you know, a network was the only thing they really cared about was where does Comcast come into the house? That's where they're going to install the modem and that modem provides Wi-Fi for the house, right? And I think what we've all found out in pandemic times is that the, you know, home networks are a really big, you know, part of basically what it is that um, we do. I mean, it's part of school, part of work, you know, I mean, not, not to mention checking social media for what's going on in the world. I mean, it's all, you know, it all revolves around that internet connection. And, you know, I think it used to be that it was okay if it was kind of slow. It was okay if, you know, things were a little slower at home than they were at work. But now, like, with two kids, I mean, we've got two kids on, on Google Classroom every day. We're, you know, me and my wife are both doing Zooms phone calls the whole bit. I mean, it's the infrastructure in the home is arguably more critical than any infrastructure that we have in the office at least right now, you know.
0: I know nothing about it to be honest. <laughs> I just I just have a wireless. I shouldn't even say what I have for security around here because I don't know. Well, it's, it's the same, it's
1: house. the same that everybody else has, right? I mean, you just you get the things from Comcast from Verizon and that's your internet at home. But I think what we've all found is like particularly when you're working with larger homes and you know, I mean, and, and when you have people that have budgets for renovations or people that are, are doing larger construction work, I mean, they're generally doing things in a in a larger home. And you know, one access point from Comcast and then maybe a couple little repeaters that they give you or whatever, it's not enough to really give good speed. And part of it is like that the technology has kind of developed over the last few years. So what used to be kind of okay for having wifi like in a home, especially a small one was fine. It doesn't work anymore because number one, you know, there's so many other people that have Wi-Fi around you. So there's a lot of interference. Um, so what may have used to work when you were kind of at the edge of your house, or maybe, you know, a couple rooms away from the router used to be fine. It it really doesn't work any anymore. And then the other thing is that, you know, the speeds on internet at home are getting so much faster, that, you know, the, the more traditional Wi-Fi technologies and, and ones that had longer range, really can't keep up with those speeds. So, You know, the newer technologies that depend on kind of uh, uh, the five gigahertz bandwidth and those types of things um, actually have much shorter distances to give you the faster performance. So that's kind of why now you now you actually if you especially if you have a larger home, you need companies like us to help you think about these things, if not design and implement your network.
0: So larger home and smaller home, what. Are there square footages so people can get an idea of what's a larger home? So, would a, like a 2,400-square-foot home, which I don't know if that's even still the average size right, of the home. Right, right. But would that be – that would be a small home? I,
1: I mean, I, for us, yeah. For us, it's a small home. I mean, uh, some of – well, I mean, that being said, and I'm sure you've seen the trends. I mean, you have lots of people from – Five or 6,000 square foot homes moving into Boston, right? I mean, and these are people that move, you know, downsizing to 2,500, 3,000 square foot homes. Um, But, you know, in in many ways having, you know, really requiring the very best, right? And so we, one of our clients lives in the back bay, you know, he works for a firm and, you know, his 3,000 square foot, uh, you know, it's an apartment, but it's essentially like an entire floor of, you know, a a, a brownstone in the back bay is, um, you know, it has five or six access points, right? And so it's not that everybody in that size needs that many access points, you know, it's that, you know, if you really want the best Wi-Fi performance, network performance throughout every corner of your, your house... And at the fastest speeds, then that's kind of what it looks like. And, you know, that's very different from what most people get from Comcast or Verizon, which is one or two little access points you put in the center of the house and hope for the best.
0: So I'm going to ask you a really stupid question, okay? because I um, when you're saying access points. Yeah. Do you mean like is it still a wireless system or do you mean that's where you would plug into a network? Like is it an Ethernet sort of thing? Is that even what that's called? Yeah,
1: so it's it's basically a Wi-Fi access point, right? So it's in in this kind of scenario, it's a um, a device that plugs into the wall and then transmits Wi-Fi from that location. So if you imagine, you know, any uh, house, you know, you'd want actual physical copper wiring to run to, you know, three or four or five different spots in the house where you physically plug in one of these devices, and then that's providing Wi-Fi. So instead of having one Wi-Fi access point or source within a house, you, you really have three or four or five um, that are each covering maybe a couple rooms at the fastest speed. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of what, what we're talking about.
0: Okay. So it sounds like it would need to be a, like a full renovation sort of situation where it's just a gutted house, or at least it's yeah. down to the studs, you could just rewire the whole thing because you actually have to wire it.
1: You do have to wire it, yeah.
0: So you can't just go ahead and add it. Someone listening just thought, I would like, you can, but you have to put it behind the
1: walls. Yeah, I mean, you know, actually, there's some incredible electricians out there that can feed wire through even some of these brownstones without having any of the walls open. I mean, it's, it's some sort of magic. Mm -hmm. Um, But we've seen it done. And I think especially it's people that really know a property well and they sort of know the constructions, which way the joists are going, you know, and they can kind of figure out, um, you know, what's the best wire path, you know, to do that stuff. So, you know, one of one of our clients, they got um, a bunch of work done in a back bay, um, you know, house. And so they... They didn't have to open up all the walls, but they'd have to poke holes in certain areas. But these are these are holes that you can easily patch and paint and, yeah. you know, doesn't require a huge amount of work. So there are ways to do it that if you, you know, if, if you want a wire, but you don't want to have to go back to the studs, like you said. Yeah, um, that's it's totally doable.
0: Some people aren't planning to do that anytime soon. Yeah. but uh, So tell me about cybersecurity. I mean, is that, does the average person have to worry about cybersecurity? I tend to not... Think about it very much.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's. I think everybody's. Uh, I mean, they call it kind of your your risk profile or your your threat model in the cybersecurity world. Everybody's threat model differs, right? I mean, in the sense that um, if somebody were to hack your bank account versus my bank account versus one of our clients' bank accounts, it's a very different. If it's a very very different set of numbers, right? And so. You know, I wouldn't say that everybody listening is absolutely going to have to invest in cybersecurity equipment or the best network stuff. But I think what we've seen as a trend is businesses have traditionally spent thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars on getting secure networking equipment and cybersecurity infrastructure. But all of that stuff, by and large, is laying dormant. You know, I mean, there are people still going to the office and depending on the industry and whatnot. But the vast majority of the people that I talk to on a day-to-day basis are still working at home and still operating and doing the exact same thing. So they're making wire transfers. You know, these are people that are maybe work as in an accounting department or, you know, work, you know, for a business approving wire transfers. And, you know, these are tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollar, you know, things that are happening that are now going through home networks. And, you know, it's not to say that just because they're going through a home network that they're, you know, being hacked into. But, you know, you sort of think all that money that's been invested in proper cybersecurity is being completely bypassed. And the people that we work with are sort of thinking, well, you know, now may really be the time for me to at least get a little, you know, a cybersecurity audit at home, sort of see what's on my network, you know, understand... What kind of devices have access to the outside world and, you know, get a, get a little bit of an assessment of my risk, you know, in, in cybersecurity. And that's actually been a big growth part of our business for the last year or so is as people have been looking at how they're using these home networks.
0: Well, a lot has changed in the last year too, with how people are using their home networks, like you were saying. So, I mean, I guess it's a pretty straightforward question. But I always feel a little rude asking, like, how much does it cost? (laughs) How much does this kind of thing cost?
1: Well, you know, I think that uh, getting one of the most important things is just making sure that you've got the most recent stuff. So, I mean, and it doesn't mean that you have to spend a lot of money. It just means that the Comcast modem and the Wi-Fi access point or router that you bought from Best Buy seven years ago that's still running your network may not necessarily be the best in terms of cybersecurity. Um, There's a lot of companies that do tremendous amounts of research on specific devices. And over the years, there's all many different types of devices, be they cameras or routers or different pieces of network equipment that um, security researchers have found bugs and and holes in. And from, from our standpoint, when we walk into a a larger house that may have multiple network devices, but they're still running on equipment that's three to five years old, it's a major risk factor for us. Um, because usually those manufacturers, especially if you didn't spend a lot of money on it, you know, they aren't really releasing you bug, uh, bug fixes or security patches for those devices. So, um, you know, if, if if you basically went and got your Comcast, um, you know, service a couple years ago and are using one of their X1 modems that they just, you know, make as part of the service, that's pretty secure. You know, that's by, by most standards, it's going to be good enough for most people at home. Um, but there are, of course, users that are absolutely willing to spend much more. I mean, and to give you an example, you know, we had one client that recently spent five figures on upgrading their network.
0: So that's like five figures, so that's 10,000 or more. Ten thousand or more, yeah. yeah, and it was okay.
1: multiple. It was multiple ten thousands because, at the end of the day, they wanted much better Wi-Fi coverage. They had really poor Wi-Fi coverage, um, and they also wanted systems that were business class. You know, so you know these are the same manufacturers and the same types of equipment that the Celtics are putting in in their office. You know, this customer was putting it at home, and you know uh, the Celtics are doing it because their threat model. Is, you know, somebody gets hacked, it's a very bad thing, and it can cost them a lot of money. And it's the same type of equation that, you know, some customers have. Obviously, that's not all of us, but it is, you know, an investment that can definitely get up there as how much you want to protect yourself.
0: Mm. And I would imagine that if you did install this kind of system in your house or wire it for this, then it would actually increase the resale value because, in theory, other people.
1: Yeah absolutely like
0: you would be buying your house and they would that would be a plus for them so in a way it's an investment in your house too because you
1: yeah and i and i think actually like for anyone who's renovating a home one of the easiest ways to signal that you've really thought through technology is to sort of sit down with somebody like us that designs smart homes and even if you're not putting together a smart home you know ask where you should put you know, the various types of wires, data wires, CAT6, whatever, you know, whatever needs to be put in there and where those locations are. Because when I walk into a home that maybe somebody's just recently purchased, and I see that somebody's actually thought through where those wireless access points might be installed, you know, how they're going to access a, a sort of central location where you might have more of your networking equipment. And that's been thought through, you know, to to me, that has value. I mean, yeah, I've I, Not only as a techie, but also as somebody that sort of thinks, okay, well, if I want to make sure I've got good Wi-Fi in a home, yeah, I mean, absolutely having the right infrastructure is is really important.
0: So what would the next step, if someone listening to this thinks, I want to implement this in my house, so then what do they do? Do they find a company that specializes in smart homes or is it a different type of company?
1: Well, it is, uh, that's probably our biggest challenge is that right now in this world, there really aren't a category of provider, you know, people in the trade that kind of provide this service, right? So us as a smart home company, we implement networks as part of uh smart home systems. You know, I think a lot of other uh people that we see that have decent networks at home, they're probably doing that through their connections at work. So they might work at a company where you have somebody who's in the IT department that can help to, you know, help design a network. Um, But there really isn't, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, the smart home integrators, they are a little bit more aware of networking, but a lot of the ones that, um, you know, have been around for a long time, they're also more in the AV space rather than networking space. So it is companies like ours uh, that are sort of starting to pop up now that are really servicing the, the sort of networks at home but it's kind of a brand new category. So, I mean, we're we're a little bit jammed with work and it's it's kind of just because everybody's looking for connecting your home, networks, lighting control. I mean, all of these different elements right now.
0: Like what would the words be that they would Google? Like tech, well, network? I,
1: I, yeah, I think, um, like you said, I mean, looking for a smart home integrator, you know, that's probably what you'd look for what you'd Google. I mean, in the sense that that's your most likely kind of, Named service that would have awareness about these things. The other source is absolutely your architect. Um, you know, I think that um, as you've seen, architects need to know people in every um, walk of the of the trades, and and I think you know, from electricians to people that install networks to people that do smart home technology, um, a lot of architects are you know finding themselves being kind of at the hub of that recommendation. So um, that's certainly a place to to start.
0: Hmm okay do you have any other advice for people who are just starting to think about what they what they need
1: well you know i would probably say that our biggest issue when we run into new opportunities is that people think about technology pretty much at the end of the project right and so you know there have been multiple times i mean literally in the last two weeks where i've had conversations with people and they said well the electrician is looking for a wiring layout that they're going to start doing in the next 2 to 3 weeks and you know for, for me my advice is that is way too late i mean we can scramble and we can we can take an existing electrical plan mark it up get something quick over to the electrician and hopefully if they're doing a good job you know be able to plug a few gaps but honestly from a technology standpoint this isn't just networking but also smart home technology lighting control the earlier that we're involved in the process, the better. So, you know, start with the architects, you know, clearly that's where you're gonna start with the structural design and how you can design your floor plan, but very quickly look for those recommendations or say, well, I am interested in smart home or I am interested in having a robust network. Can, Can you connect me with, you know, a couple people to have these discussions early? Because if we're involved in the design process, you know just like there's an electrical plan, there's a low voltage plan, there's a lighting control plan, you know this is very much of a you know part of what we do is that design process so um and it's and it's not that expensive. I mean what's more expensive is to make changes later on i mean if the if the walls are plastered and painted and we need to run cat six, you know there are people that can do some magic, but ultimately that means patching finishing painting the whole thing which you know you want to avoid so
0: yeah thank you for for that (laughs) i think that's just i mean i'm hoping that getting people to start thinking about this is the is the key and then they can get into it more deeply and figure out how that applies to their house and everything else but it's um i would love to have a a more robust network you know here yeah yeah i've got a kid in virtual high school yeah a whole bunch of things like for the people in the house with me that I'm doing right. Zoom calls and everything else. And it's, it's, um, sometimes I need to, to download things onto my iPad. I need to walk over to the other side of the house.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not convenient. Right. Not convenient <laughs> at all. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, that's really small, you know, it's like people are doing way more important things than I am, but I really appreciate you coming on and talking to me about it.
1: No problem. And, you know, we're more than happy to talk to any of your listeners if they have questions about it, too. I mean, we're we're out there to help. We are we are busy and, and in the midst of lots of proposals and stuff, which I mean, we're very lucky to be doing that in the midst of what's going on in the world. So um, yeah. but, you know, we we also uh, I mean, coming from where I've come from, I know that success comes through, you know, just trying to be helpful. And even if it's just answering questions that people have about it, like, definitely you know have people get in touch so
0: tell me what your website is or your social media
1: sure yeah so our website is tsp.space so it's not not not.com so tsp.space and that's kind of our smart home website that has most of our social media and things but we have um tsp underscore smart underscore spaces which is on instagram um but tsp.space is a great place to start and uh i'm my email address, if anyone wants to reach out, is just oh at tsp.space. Um, but that's kind of where um, you can find us.
0: That's great. Well, thank you very much.
1: Great. No, thanks for having me on. It's It's a great podcast that you're... That you are running. I mean, I think you and I have talked about this a little bit before. Uh, We we also run a podcast as well, but we're kind of on a few month hiatus because I know how much work it is to to run it, produce it, record it, and you know the fact that you are trying to do this every week is is so impressive. So thanks for having me on.
0: Well, it's a new thing every week, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah,
1: exactly. Well, good luck.
0: Thanks. Thanks again, Mike, for spending time with me, and for all of you for listening to this episode. Please join my mailing list if you'd like a special newsletter whenever I publish an episode. Link is in the show notes. If you have some ideas that you'd like to share with me for future episodes, or comments, or stories to tell, please email me at the housemaven at talkinghomerenovations.com. You can also get in touch with me on Facebook or Instagram where that's Talking Home Renovations over there or on TikTok at The House Maven. Share with your friends if you liked this episode. Leave a rating and a review. That would be really appreciated. and would help me out a lot. And as always, this episode is produced by my architecture firm, Demios Architects. Well, until next time, take care.